Welcome to Pursuing Joy, and join me as we rebel against society and pursue joy in our lives by taking the focus off of ourselves and placing it on loving God and others in our daily lives. Together, we will soften our hearts, calm our minds, and settle into the perspective that we were created on purpose, for a purpose, and how our souls thrive on being connected with one another. We'll dig into the Word, discuss real-life highs and lows, and lean into the pure joy we are given from loving God and people. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy. I'm a believer, military wife, nurse turned stay-at-home mama, and I am so honored to spend time with you. Let's dig in. Hey, everyone. I am so excited to spend time with you today. I want to ask you a question. Who is the hero or savior in your story? Do you try to fill that role yourself? Do you look to someone else? Your spouse, a parent? Maybe you're trying to be a savior for someone else. In this episode, we are looking at the role of savior and whose job that truly is. We'll spend time focusing on the most important, redeeming, refining, and unfailing relationship you can be in. We'll reflect on the magnificence of God's word when he tells us how much he loves us, is for us, and will help us. He delights in taking care of you. And there is so much joy and peace in knowing whose we are. How does it make you feel when I tell you that if you are putting all of your trust, hope, healing in yourself or another human only, you're eventually going to be disappointed? If God, through his restorative, healing, life-changing love, is not part of your life, then you will continue to be disappointed by humanity because nobody's perfect. The world is preaching to us to be independent, to not be dependent on anyone else but ourselves. But if we are dependent on ourselves, we will inevitably let ourselves down. Yet if we are dependent on others, they can let us down at some point because humanity is not perfect. So what do we do? We humble ourselves and recognize the beauty of being dependent on the only one whose love is unfailing. First Peter 5 verses 6 through 7 say, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You don't have to be a Christian to recognize or know that we were not designed to live life alone. We are hardwired for connection and community. We are designed to love others and be in relationship with people, and most importantly, with God. Like we talked about in episode three, as a result of Jesus' sacrifice, we are now able to be in a direct relationship with God. If you aren't participating in a relationship with Him, invite Him in. It could be your first time, or maybe you've just strayed away from your relationship for whatever reason, invite him back in. If you don't, that's your decision. But as your sister in Christ, I'm letting you know you're missing out on only amazing things. Being in a relationship with God doesn't mean that people won't let us down or betray us, but it means that when they do, we won't be destroyed and utterly broken by it. When they do, we have a God who we are dependent on. And like Psalms 46, 1 says, He is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. It's who we can ask for, for supernatural peace and comfort, 
for his grace and for wisdom to handle the situation. He wants to be that source of help and healing in your life. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. He is for you. He wants to help you. When we aren't in a relationship with God, we travel through life and our unmanaged quote-unquote stuff starts out fitting in a weekender bag or a duffel bag for the guys. It's not small, but it's not huge. It's doable. We can carry that around. No problem. And then through the years, our stuff no longer fits into this small bag. Now we have multiple gigantic suitcases trailing behind us full of ever-growing unmanaged stuff. We go on waiting for a good relationship with the right person so we can finally have someone to unpack our stuff with and who will hopefully love us so much they'll carry it for us and become our hero. What we don't account, take into account is that they have their own stuff that they need to unpack as well. And we were not expecting that. Or maybe they decide they actually don't like the stuff we're carrying. And after we've already unpacked it with them, they decide they don't want to be in a relationship anymore. Now we've just added more to our stuff. And then we're stuck wondering, well, who's finally going to accept my stuff? And how will I know if it's the right person? We begin the negative self-talk and fill our minds and hearts with anxieties and feelings of unworthiness. Maybe you've experienced something similar with a friend group. You've told something to friends that was going on in your life and they listen and in turn tell somebody else. And so begins gossip and rumors and your friends let you down. The issue isn't what you're carrying around. It's who you're trying to give it to and the role you're wanting them to play in your relationship. When we are in a relationship with God, we stop searching for someone or something to save us, and we find peace in knowing we already have a Savior. He wants you to unpack all of your stuff with Him. He wants to go into the scary and dark places. He wants to cover them with His love and to redeem and restore you. Being a Christian, I've heard over and over again, people tell me this. I've said it to myself. I've said it to others. Just give it to God. You just need to give that to God. I just need to give that over to God. There are many things I have taken to and given to God. I've asked for forgiveness and left it in my Savior's hands. But there are some things that for some reason are just harder to totally release our grip on. I would say those are probably the most painful things we hold on to. Not because we want to, but probably because we need some assistance in doing so. Don't minimize the enemy's schemes in this either. He doesn't want you to have freedom from things that bring you pain and distance from God. He wants you to struggle and for it to cause internal pain and suffering. But thankfully, he's already been defeated by our Savior, so you can just throw up a not today, Satan, and carry on with your healing. When I started going to my Christian counselor, there were specific things that I wanted to work through with her. And I've been in and out of counseling for a really long time. So I have talked about these stories and I've never had a Christian therapist before. So I've never had a therapist go into a memory with me. She was doing EMDR with me. If you don't know what it is, go check it out. A brief overview based on my experience with it is you take a painful or traumatic memory, you draw out the negative emotions and put in positive emotions and therefore you reframe your memory. You close your eyes, and there's a lot of visualization, at least for me there is. 
I had my eyes closed and she's envisioning, tells me that I'm in a room and in this room is just my mess. There's just dirt and dust and just everything all over the covering the floors, just piles of it. She says, I have a broom and my job is to start sweeping that up to put it into a pile. She has me visualize that when I'm doing a brush stroke or whatever you want to call that when you sweep, (laughs) when I sweep left behind, this floor is spotless and it's clean. And she's saying that and I'm crying as one does through an entire EMDR session. And I'm crying and I'm verbalize to her, I can't, when I visualize myself sweeping, I don't see a clean floor. I constantly see streets. There's dirt left behind. I can't get it all the way clean. And she so sweetly says, then we need to let somebody else come in and do the sweeping for you. So she says, go, she has me visualize going to sit down in a chair in the side of this room. And she said, Jesus is going to take that room for you. And he starts sweeping. So I'm visualizing all of this. And in my vision, he is just beaming, smiling. He's got his eyes on me. And she said that when he sweeps, that floor is spotless. It's perfect. Nothing is left. He sweeps the entire room up, gets it into a pile, and then she continues on. But I will forever remember that vision because it was truly the sweetest and most freeing thing for me. In my mind, I had given it to God, but it was such a sweet reminder for me that I just need to actually take my hands off of it completely and allow him to sweep up my mess and all that that represented. Let Jesus take your broom. You sit down and watch as he lovingly does what only he can do. He takes your mess and he makes it spotless and sparkling, and with a smile on his face. He doesn't do it because he has to. He does it because he wants to. He loves you. The Bible says we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. So what does that look like? That's listening to them, loving people. Maybe it's financial assistance, if you're able to do that. Praying with them and for them, encouraging them. It's being the hands and feet of Jesus and caring about that person's well-being above our own. I had quite a few past hurts holding me back from letting down my walls and my relationship with Mason. And when we started dating, I unfortunately had been so good with boundaries that those boundaries now formed thick walls that were extremely hard to bring down. Thankfully, I have an extremely patient and loving husband who was a boyfriend at the time who was willing to sit and love me while I worked through it. He helped carry my burdens for me. He loved me, encouraged me, prayed with me, and showed me God's grace over and over and over again. We are not each other's saviors, and that is not our job. I repeat, it is not your job. Our job is to love. In the freeing words of the Kansas City football player, Travis Kelsey, know your role. If you don't know what I'm referring to, please go look that up. I have personally lived this in past relationships, thinking I can be the reason someone changes. Looking back now, I can realize that I was trying to step into a role that was never mine to step into. In the end, all it caused me was hurt and pain. I was trying to step into the Savior's role. And although we might try, no one can step into his role except him. 
And there is so much beauty in stepping aside and allowing God to do that. Isaiah 43.11 says, I, I am the Lord. Besides me, there is no other Savior. I want to read something to you from a book. It's called Mom Set Free by Jeannie Cunyon. This book is obviously referring to motherhood, but I think the statement that she makes in it is so profound and it's applicable to every relationship that you have. She writes, God did not choose you to be your children's savior. He chose you to be their parent and he will equip you to parent the children he's gifted to you. I'm going to repeat that. God did not choose you to be your children's savior. He chose you to be their parent and he will equip you to parent the children he's gifted to you. I I love it, and I think it's profound because you can apply this to literally every relationship you have. If you're married, yours might sound like this. God did not choose you to be your husband's savior. He chose you to be their spouse, and he will equip you to love the man he's gifted to you. God, and only God, is our savior. He will graciously equip us to love those around us, to help lighten their loads and carry their burdens. But we must remember our role was never intended to be a savior to anyone. Jesus commanded us to love others and God has equipped us to do so. God sent Jesus to be our savior. He came so that we may have life and life in the fullest. Here's an unpopular opinion. We idolize relationships with others. Probably even more so, we idolize marriage and the relationship with our significant other. Marriage is holy, valuable, biblical, and wonderful. But like we just talked about, we are not our spouse's savior, and they are not ours. I've personally recognized this to be true in my life. During the two deployments, my husband and I have gone through, the first one, he was gone for nine months, and the second one, he was gone for almost a year. And at the end of each of them, my faith had grown so much. Why? Because my husband was not here in person, So I depended on God way more. I'm at least aware of this now. And I can recognize that when we're working through things or we're frustrated because we're trying to figure it out ourselves and we're looking to each other for answers, but we're not bringing God into the situation. If you feel this too, and maybe you're like, oh yeah, I don't think I've ever realized that. I do that too. Invite him in or re-invite him into your marriage if you need to. Do so with your spouse so that you both can keep your marriage rooted in Christ. Humble yourselves out. Do some self-exploration to see where you are depending on others to fulfill a role that only God was meant to. It's hard to do, and some of them may be hard to admit, but that's okay. Do it anyways, and then invite God into that relationship again. I want to read an excerpt from Timothy Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. He writes, Within this Christian vision of marriage, here's what it means to fall in love. It is to look at another person and get a glimpse of what God is creating and to say, I see who God is making you and it excites me. I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with you and God in the journey you are taking to his throne. And when we get there, I will look at your magnificence and say, I always knew you could be like this. I got glimpses of it on earth, but now look at you. I love this so much. The biblical meaning of love is to push each other to be who God created us to be, to partner with that person and with God as we journey to his throne. God wants to be a part of your marriage, your relationships, and your life. 
it's your job to know his role as the savior. So I want to share a personal story with you. Back when Mason and I had been dating for a few months and I felt this need to just let him know some things from my past so that he was aware of them. And honestly, I kind of just wanted to gauge his reaction. I was very nervous to have this conversation with him because I thought, well, he's either going to accept it and be disappointed or he's going to decide he doesn't want to be with someone like me. And as I started talking, he stopped me mid-sentence and said, whatever you have settled with God, you don't need to explain to me. And I just sat there astonished by his response and felt relief wash over me. He did two important things by saying that to me. The first was he made known his role. He let me know in that sentence that his job is to love me regardless of my mistakes and shortcomings. And second, he made known God's role in my life and our relationship by saying that I settle things with God. Therefore, God is my savior, not him. The best part about all of this and hope we can find in this is that God wants to be in a relationship with you. So press into him. Put your faith, trust, hope, hurts, worries, anxieties, all of it. Give it to him. He wants to be in a relationship with you and for you to truly realize he is your savior because he loves you. He wants to bless you and restore you in ways you can't even imagine. The Bible says he has inscribed you on the palm of his hands and even the hairs on your head have all been counted. You are precious to him. Stop trying to play God and learn how to be dependent and reliant on him. Contrary to society, it's not in your best interest to be independent in all things. It doesn't make you weak to put your trust in your Savior. He will never let you down, and He is always with you. Let's look at Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. It says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God has called you by name. You are his. He has claimed you as his child. And no matter what you go through, nothing will be too much to bear because he will be with you. He will protect you, carry you through, and save you. He is your Savior. Rest in that today. I pray it brings you peace and joy in how you view others in your life and how you view your role in other people's lives. God has equipped you to love others in a way only you can, but that doesn't mean it's your job to save them. It's your job to point them to the one who can Thank you so much for joining for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Follow me on Instagram at pursuingjoy.podcast and on Facebook at pursuingjoywithsam. My email is in the show notes. Please feel free to reach out on any of my platforms. I look so forward to connecting with you. Remember, you are already equipped with gifts that make the way you love others unique. I pray your day is filled with joy and that you have opportunities to spread joy to others. I can't wait to spend time with you during the next episode.